Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to a very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast today. Uh, I get to hang out with someone who's very dear to me, been very dear to me for many years. You have known of him. I've interviewed him before, so it's great to have him back. We're going to also post uh, some of the previous interviews I've done with this amazing man in the show notes so that you can get up to speed and hear about his history and all that he's been up to. But today we're going to we're gonna dive into some topics. He's the founder, CEO of Agape International Spiritual Center. If you don't know of this amazing spiritual center, you want to check it out, located in Los Angeles. It's one of the first place, places that when I came to Los Angeles, uh, I came to frequent it every Sunday and it really had a profound impact on my life. He is the author of Life Visioning and Spiritual Liberation. Welcome, Michael Bernard Beckwith. Thank you so much for the invitation. You know, we're in each other's hearts and each other's circles. And I was I was reaching out to you anyway to be on my podcast. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> much, but it's good to be with you. I love you. I love the work you're doing. I love your your unfoldment. I love your blossoming. I love the people that you're touching. And I'm I'm meeting people that ask me if I know you. Wow. <laughs> Do you know me? We go way back. We go yeah, way absolutely. Back. It's a beautiful thing. We go way back. Look, you you know, we've talked a bit about um how you got started and all of that beautiful backstory. So I just I want to maximize our time and just dive into some some topics, if sure. that's cool. We're gonna put uh, some of your interviews in the show notes uh, for people that don't know you. But, you know, there's, there's a lot happening in the world today. Um, some people talking about recession, changes, COVID, the last few years have been intense. And so I would love to talk about abundance. I want to start mm -hmm. there. Abundance. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about abundance of money yeah. because I know that this is a topic that is on people's minds, whether you're spiritual, metaphysical, just trying to survive and live life. Like people have gone through some things in the last few years. And so I would love to pick your brain about, about, about money and abundance. And I'm curious just to start with like, how do we cultivate a mindset of abundance when there seems to be so much instability in the world, when people's jobs are, you know, in question, um, pandemics, you know, yeah. talk of recession. So from your perspective, like how, how, how do we do that? How do we stay in this state of abundance? You know, I think that's a beautiful and valuable question uh, at, at this time in human history, as you're describing it. And the, 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 the things that um, people used to say, you know, you can trust like the rock of Gibraltar, like banks and things like that. And and I think there's never been a time where any of that was um, something you could depend on. It, it was only an appearance of it. And so basically what's happening in the world is that uh, you, you mentioned the pandemic, the lockdown, things of that particular nature. And I, I asked people during that particular time to ask one question, you know, who do I want to be as I, we emerged from this particular experience? So we're always on the cutting edge of, of discovering and becoming who we are and who we're meant to be. Now, when we speak about abundance and prosperity and money, I can remember back in, I think it was 2008, when um, the, the banks, uh, yeah. you know, really were very vicious mm. in terms of people's mortgages, put them in these mortgages that they knew they would not be able to be sustainable. And it, it created a whole ripple in mm. our economic system, which is an immature economic system at best. And I remember telling people at that particular time 
that aliens didn't come to the earth and siphon all the money away. You know, it didn't uh-huh. disappear. There was no lack of money. There was a lack of circulation, but not mm-hmm. a lack of money. And so when you talk about abundance, you're talking about an abundance mindset in which you are beginning to train yourself to become aware that we're surrounded by a field of abundance. We're surrounded by a field of infinite potential. We're surrounded by a field of infinite possibilities. And we get to choose a possibility. Most people's possibilities are Mm. chosen by default. Mm. Uh, They're seduced, intimidated, or provoked into seeing the world a particular way. And then therefore their reaction to that particular way of seeing the world is uh, definitely or uh, definitively an action of lack, fear, doubt, worry, which inhibits creativity. So when we're living in a time that I say is fluxed up, (laughs) it it, it means that uh, it is a time of resourcefulness. It is a time in which we learn creativity. Mm. is a time in which we learn not to look out there for something that is sustainable in the world. Banks are failing, you know, stocks markets going up and down. We're not looking for it out there. We're asking ourselves, what are we here to contribute to the world? Mm. Now, the moment that becomes a dominant viewpoint, I mean, not just saying the word like a magical affirmation, but that actually becomes an inner feeling. What am I here to contribute? Uh, what is my gift to give? At that moment, you open yourself up to the universe answering that question. Mm. And when the universe begins to answer that question in a language, in a way that you can understand, what follows is that you have a love affair with this feel of abundance, this God presence, mm. and money is the shadow of love. You can't outrun your shadow. <laughs> you see, it'll follow you. Mm. And, and you'll find yourself, I mean, I was watching an uh, interesting statistic that during the lockdown, particularly in uh, the communities of color and communities of, of what we would call people without means, so many more businesses and new opportunities started than any time in recent history during the lockdown. In other words, that particular experience of pandemic being locked down produced more entrepreneurs than ever, more Mm -hmm. people starting businesses, Mm -hmm. people that never thought they could start a business that were basically working for somebody else all of the time, started businesses online. Yeah. And began to get into the flow of this economic system as an entrepreneur. Mm. Maybe it was a side hustle, maybe it birthed itself into their main deal so that that existed before the pandemic. But the pandemic provided the opportunity for people to say, you know, what can I do? What can I give? What can I share? What can I contribute? And so I think it's a mindset we're talking about Mm. that that becomes a heart set. It becomes subjectified. And we realize that in any given moment, there's an opportunity. There's a possibility. There's infinite possibilities. So since we live in a field of infinite possibilities, we have the capacity to choose the possibility we want to live. Mm. Most people have given up their choice. I won't say most. I'll say many people have given up their choice. They've allowed their choice to be curated by the world, the media, social media, the the top um, news, particular ways that people get their news. They're allowing that to make their choices. No, no, no longer live by default. You choose, Mm. ask the right questions, and then watch as your life begins to take on a different shape. Mm. So I say money is the shadow of love. Money is also, money is a promissory note. Yes. No, it's a promise that this is going to circulate. So if I go buy some juice in a store, that money is circulating. That particular cashier is going to have money to make sure that their kids mm-hmm. have food. They're going to keep circulating it. So money is a promissory note of circulation of energy. It's not to be stockpiled 
so mm-hmm. that you just keep stacking up Benjamin, stacking up Benjamin, mm-hmm. stacking up Benjamins. I'm not saying don't save. I'm not saying don't have a retirement program. I'm not saying don't have a, a money that you're going to assist your kid to go to college. I'm not saying all of that. But if you've gotten caught into mm-hmm. the frequency of just stacking up and hoarding Benjamins, mm-hmm. it's not circulating. You know, my friend Ken Honda, you know, would say that was be that would that would be unhappy money. Yes. You know, <laughs> they're doing nothing. You know, uh, uh, then it's unhappy. But if it's circulating, it's making somebody life better. It's an investment. It's starting a new business. It's um, uh, charity, whatever the case may be. Then that money is circulating. And what, and what does that do? It creates more abundance. Mm. But but many people, and, and you know, we live in a corporatocracy. So corporations are sitting on billions of dollars and firing people. Right, right. You know, so they have unhappy money, mm. and then they're creating unhappy people by mm. taking away jobs, even though they're stockpiling billions of dollars mm. and don't need to fire one soul for financial reasons, that is. Mm-hmm. So you're living in a society uh, that the first rule of our society, capitalism, is that uh, capital is seeking return. Capital is not seeking to benefit society. Capital is not seeking to create more jobs. Capital is not seeking to better the world in which we're living. Capital is seeking return. So therefore, we're living in a system with unhappy money. But as citizens, we can rise above that. Just as just as these new entrepreneurs have, have rose up on the scene based on a pandemic, we can all catch a, 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 an abundance mindset spiritually. Of course, there's, a, there's only abundance. Mm. There's only intelligence. There's only love. There's only beauty, except where it's being suppressed by a limited point of view. So we're talking what you do on your program, what I do, you know, we seek to expand people's perception mm. because perception determines experience. I know I've just given you a long answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. But I, but I think we've, we've you know. It's but, but, you know could you just speak to something that I sometimes hear often here in the spiritual community yeah. about being of service and money, mm-hmm. being of service versus making money. And, and, and what sometimes people believe is this contradiction or limited, limited belief about if I'm of service, then I can't make money. I shouldn't make money by being of service. I should just be of service and the two should be separate. Can the two come together? Can you be of service and make money? Are you being of service if you are making money from your service? And could you speak to that? Yeah, that's an old paradigm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was coming from people taking a vow of poverty. But the vow of poverty was really a vow of not going for materialism, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just acquiring stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at like Mother Teresa as an example, you know, she had a vow of poverty. But she raised millions and millions and millions of dollars. Millions, yeah. For her service Mm. to feed people, to clothe people, to take care of people, to have her needs met, to have a home, etc. It was a vow of poverty, meant it was a vow not to get caught up in the high-tech, low-touch, consumer-driven society. So uh, I, I, I call it harmonizing prosperity. You know, we're here to have harmonizing prosperity. That is to have our needs met because you can't be the light of the world if you can't pay your light bill, you see? And so you have to be available to harmonizing prosperity, having your legitimate needs met so that you can be of higher service. Mm. It's very difficult for people just to be of service if they're wondering if their rent is going to be paid Mm -hmm. or if, in fact, you know, they can't buy their kids the clothes that are necessary for them to go to school or mm-hmm. groceries. So I think that just just as now there's a marriage between science and spirituality, there has to be a marriage between karma, yoga, service, and prosperity. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I mean, there are individuals that go overboard, they're really flamboyant, and they like to uh, ego show everything they have. I got 12 cars and a big house and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, legitimate needs met and service go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Got it. 
So if someone is listening to this and they are in a real life situation of they're like, Michael, got three kids. Yeah. My bills, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not sure about my bills this month. Um, when I look at the reality of what's what I'm facing, uh, I don't see, I see challenges and yeah. I don't know how I'm going to navigate the next month, the next two months. It's, it's, I'm in a, I'm in a real financial situation. It's not just me projecting in my mind, the debt, the debt collectors are calling. What can you say to this person so that they can move into abundance? And is there anything that they can do to start kind of the flow of abundance? Yes. I, I, I was that person. Okay. okay. So you, you, you go back a number of years ago, I'm sitting in my living room. I'm unemployed at that particular uh-huh. time. I do have two children. Mm. I'm wondering how to pay the gas bill. Mm. I mean, this is real, real stuff. Okay. So I, I did a couple of things. I remember sitting in the middle of my living room mm. and I said, what do you want me to do? Mm. What do you want me to do? You know? And in that moment, the phone rang. Mm. There was a woman on the phone. I won't say her name, but she says to me, Michael, I was looking at your picture in our yearbook. We went to high school together. And God told me to call you. Wow. Your phone number was underneath your picture. And she said, God said that you could help me. So we started this relationship where I would pray for her over the phone, counsel her. I didn't have any degrees at that particular time. I, I had, a, had had a spiritual awakening, but I, I wasn't, hadn't gone through all the schools and all that. And uh, she started sending me donations. Hmm. She started telling her friends. Some came to see me in person. Some talked to me on the phone. We didn't have Zoom and all of that at the time, you know. Face, it was just phone. <laughs> and uh, so that gave me an indication of where my life was going. Because at that time, I wasn't looking to be a public person. I was reveling in my love of the spirit because it was more real to me than anything else. Mm. And then I would go into my garage. I soundproofed my garage with um, mat- bed mattresses. Mm. And I would go in... And I would work upon myself. Hmm. I would write down to, you know, I, this is an example. I, Michael, always have more than enough. I, Michael, am poised, prosperous, confident, and spiritually powerful. I would write down, I'd take an affirmation and I would write it down nine times, three ways. I, Michael, then I would talk to Michael. You, Michael, then I would talk about Michael. He, Michael. So I'd get all three voices, <laughs> nice. the, I, the I voice, the you talking to you voice, and the someone talking to me voice, you, I, he. Mm. And, and, and I would do that um, nine times each, three times a day for seven days to actually penetrate my subconscious mind that all of my needs were met. That might have been one of the affirmations too. My needs are always met. And so that my, I would change my subjective consciousness into a feeling awareness that when my needs were met. And then not only that person calling me, mm. but things began to happen in the visible world in terms of ideal employment began to show up. Matter of fact, I remember I had, I had, a, I had to pay my rent. I had to pay car note. It was, I can't remember what it all added up to, but I didn't have the money. I got a check in the mail almost for the exact amount of that money from a time that I worked with the city. And at the time they had underpaid us and wow. it gotten, and they, and it got caught up. So years later I get this check for <laughs> almost the exact amount of money that I needed for that month and enough for me to even tithe wow. to the spiritual community that I was participating in at that moment. So mm. things like that started happening. Mm. because, oh, and this is the other thing. So you have to have an empowering question. At the time, the most empowering question I had was, what do you want me to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's an, I would have more powerful questions than that now, but that was what it was then. I worked on my subconscious. And then I did some kind of a service 
Mm. I had to, we had to give some energy out. Mm. So um, I remember doing some things for the neighbors, just asking them, can I, can I take your trash cans out? Uh, you know, and then I, then I remember a, a few of us went down to Skid Row and we, we fed those who didn't have food. Mm. So if in fact you become a giver, you find people will say, well, I can't give anything because I don't have any money. I, you know, the universe doesn't care what you give. Mm. If you look at yourself as a giver, then your hands become full of something to give. Mm-hmm. It's not magic. It's true mysticism in action. Mm. So if I say I don't have, then the law says you don't have. Mm. But if you say, how can I give today? The universe says you are a giver. And the hands, as Cahil Gibran reminds us, the hands of the givers are never empty. You mm. see? Mm. So I put myself in a position to give. I worked on my subconscious mind. And then I asked an empowering question. That question then was, what? What do you want me to do? Today, I would probably ask a different question. I'd probably say, what is within me that's trying to emerge? You know, what gift do I have to give to the world? Uh, Something to that effect. So if you ask an empowering question, find a way to give and work on your subconscious mind, your belief changes everything. Mm -hmm. And the things that began to come to me weren't on any vision board. You know, the things that began to come to me I didn't put on my vision board. This lady is going to call me and right. <laughs> donate. She's going to donate to me. I, I, I the job, the next job that I got, which which was um, prison preventers. I was the uh, assistant to the individuals that was working with people coming out of jail mm-hmm. to help them get pardoned so they can get back into society. I mean, I, I had some really nice positions that that emerged, you know, that I didn't even know existed at the time. Wow. But they fit me. They were they were like, everybody's unique. There's something for our uniqueness that shows up, you see. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, as as your work has grown, purpose, career, agape, books, you know, on Oprah, Ellen. I'm curious, how have you managed around money as well, right? How how have you managed to well, how do you manage to? How has your relate has your relationship with money shifted? How as things have expanded and there's more responsibility and you know agape has grown. I guess how do you manage to not get attached to money? You know, to to not get. Uh, motivated by money to not have, because many times as people's you know, things grow, they get a bit, I don't know, greedy. Money yeah, the, yeah, no, the ego can take the over. The ego kicks in. So how, I'm curious, how have you, for what's me, your relationship to that? For me, my relationship is mainly with meditation. Mm-hmm. It's mainly with spiritual practice. And then the gifts of that provide opportunity. And I know that the opportunities that, and every opportunity you just mentioned was just another opportunity to serve. Yes. It it wasn't having me do anything I wasn't already doing. It just had me do it on a different platform. Mm. So I never really got caught up in celebrity or things like that. People would come up to me and say, you're famous. But I Mm. I don't have that as an identity in me. I don't have, Mm. that's not my identity. My identity is that I'm a servant of the light. I'm a servant of the presence. I'm a servant. Mm. And so I don't get caught up in that. It provides an opportunity depending on who's calling you know, for more prosperity to flow. But it also gives me the opportunity to do things that I don't get paid for. You know, it's like I, I can go to places that, um, let's say, let's just use these words, you know, they really couldn't afford the fee. Mm. I get to go there and speak there anyway. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. I, I know I, I have prosperity here. So mm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not looking for the next dollar. You know mm. what I mean? Now, mm. now, of course, I'm available to harmonizing prosperity and abundance to flow through me, but I don't work for money. Mm. You know what I mean, uh, every time I get up to speak, even talking to you right now, this frequency, this vibration, this is new right now. I am here with you new right now. Mm. When I speak on Sunday, that's new. If I go speak somewhere else, I'm that moment uh, opening myself up to be a, a, a an instrument of, of love, beauty, and intelligence 
curating whatever the audience is to speak exactly to that group of people based on what they what, what my intuition feels they need to hear at that particular moment. But it's all new. Mm. But I but I look at, you know, you look when you look out into the world, you can look at what works and you can look at what doesn't work. And I learn from both. Mm. I mean, I counsel people that that have been and are multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily happy people. You know, addicts, alcoholics, serial relationships. Mm. They're sitting on three, four, five hundred million dollars. You know, so so in working with them, I was working with a woman uh, a couple of years ago, famous woman, you know, uh, mainly in the TV genre. And, And she said something that really stopped me. She said, Michael, when I was 18 or 19 years old, I asked God to make me rich and famous. A few weeks after that, I got a part in a series. I became rich and famous. I haven't had one happy day since. Wow. That 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 hit me hard. Wow. You know, and she came, she's a millionaire, you know, she's got the money. She's got if you see her walking down the street, you'll know exactly who she is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been working through that dynamic so that she can find real happiness which is within herself. But so you learn from what works and what doesn't work. So I see a lot of people who are famous. They have celebrity. Now, the real word behind celebrity is that someone's celebrating you for something good. That's beautiful. Someone's celebrating you cute. They say, oh, you know, like I, I met some people, somebody we both know, and she was celebrating you. Oh, yeah, I went to, I think she took somebody to Egypt or no, Bali. Bali. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was just explaining, uh-huh. you know, all the beautiful things you did on the trip. She was celebrating your life. Wow. You know, and I understand Coot used to go to Agape, you know, she was, she had all the news, you know. <laughs> I just smiled, you know, this woman celebrating you. And that, that's that's real celebrity when somebody celebrating your good. But to try to be a celebrity or to be famous, that's never been a goal for, of mine at all. You know, my, my goal has been to keep expanding uh, any platforms that I'm on to be of greater service. Mm. So, and what does money do? Man, let me tell you. Mm. <laughs> probably mm. shouldn't say this, but when I look at the end of, a lot of things at the end of my bank accounts and stuff like that. I'm sir, I'm I'm helping people more than I'm using money for myself. Mm. I don't need a lot. I got my house. I got my car. Got my clothes. I'm not, I'm not out here buying stuff. Mm. You know, I got my groceries. I like my supplements. I like my organic food. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna do it right in quality. But I'm helping my family. I'm helping. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm helping people. I don't even know if if the spirit moves me. Mm. There's more money going out on that than on Michael, you know? Mm. And I'm glad I can do it. I'm glad I can do it when I can do it. You know, you know, you know, you, you triggered a question that <clears throat> was not what was I gonna ask, but now I'm curious. How do you know who to help, when to help, and when is right to help? Because yeah. so many people seem to need help. And thought, oh my God, this person needs help and I want to help them. And then you go to Africa, it's like, well, they need help in India, they need help, and neighbor needs help. And so how do you discern, you know, uh, how to help? Because sometimes is helping enabling, is helping interfering with someone's karma and evolution. So shit, all shit. of that goes, all of that goes into play. And mm-hmm. I think it's a it's an intuitive thing. Mm-hmm. It's very intuitive. You just something hits your heart. Obviously, you can't help everybody. You would have nothing. Yes, you need, you would be able to you know buy your own dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do, like I have in my part in my car, you know, I have money there that's just to give away. Mm. It's all intuition. You know, I see somebody on the street that needs something. I may buy some roses from somebody. I don't even need the roses necessarily or, or whatever mm-hmm. they're selling. You know, they could be selling oranges or whatever. Um, I may give money to people on the street. And then sometimes, you know, uh, I'll take on something that, and I don't have to know the person, that they, they, they're in a dire situation. If I have the means, it's all intuition. It's not, I'm not trying to be a do-gooder or anything like that. It would just hit me. You should help this person. And I'll say, really? I don't, I don't know this person. And I'll hear it. You know, you should help this person. Okay. I'll do what I can. You know, so I think it's an intuitive thing. Hmm. And, and I, and I uh, again, 
you know, I, I look at individuals that have the means to help a lot of stuff, but they're stacking Benjamins. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. um, I, I remember uh, this gentleman that owned a um, football team, basketball team, professional. But, you know, obviously he was wealthy billionaire. And I always remember that when he died, his family mm. started fighting over the money. And when you looked at what he had done, you know, he had, he had successful entrepreneurial stuff. But the money was just mm. sitting there in the bank. Mm. And he had an opportunity, I believe. I don't, I don't want to be judgmental about stuff like that because everybody has to live their own life. It was like the money was just fought over by his family. And mm. a lot of it could have been used to help the school systems, have all kids yeah. have computers. Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever your thing, was, you build up the rainforest, whatever your thing is, <laughs> you're not going to take billions of dollars with you. You can't, why do you want to live for something you can't take with you? Mm, not, even the pharaoh, not even the pharaohs can take it with them. They, can, can't, they can, can't take it. Can't take it. You know? so at this stage of your life then, do, do you, do you plan financially? Because I'm curious. I, I want people to like get into yes. your mind. Do, do, yes, I do. Do, do you financially plan? Do you do you do you strategize? I want to be here at this stage of my life. And how much is the planning? You, do you know what I'm saying? Just yes. like the right. I, rel- have, what is, what I, it- I have a financial advisor mm-hmm. because there are people. I'm gifted in my area. Yes. So I have someone that I work with that does that. Mm-hmm. with the money that comes into me, you know, so I'm not sp- just spending nilly willy and, and, and uh, so that's his gifted area. Mm-hmm. So he assists. Mm-hmm. Do I have a life insurance program? Uh, pro- pro- uh, yes, I do. I have a, a one that builds equity. My yep. kids are the beneficiaries of that. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, and something happens to me or whatever the case may be, you know, they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to teach them, you know, how to deal with money. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I don't have a like a deep, long strategy, but but my financial advisor does. Right, right. You know, he, he, mm-hmm. That's his gifted area. Mm-hmm. I think you know, you you know, you're not going to operate on yourself. You're gonna you're gonna you have a you have the health professional. You know yeah. what I mean? You have therapists. You have mm-hmm. a coach to help you work out, or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I think it's, I think that's important, and I think it's important that people don't quite understand that you can start with nothing mm. and actually build, you know, you can, you can, I, I know this may be off topic. I don't, I don't know, oh, but you, go for it. You, you can, you can, uh, first of all, you can save money for yourself. What, what does that do? People say, I can't save money. I, I, if I try to give 10% to myself, that'd only be a couple of dollars a week. Mm. This is what happens. You save a little bit every week. Don't spend it. Your subconscious mind looks at it and says, I have. Right. It's the habit. Have. Mm. A habit of having. And what does that mean? In scripture, it says, to he or she who has, more is given. To he or she who has not, even that which they have is taken away. Mm. So if you just start building a little tiny bit and the subconscious mind starts saying, I have, what does that do? It's done into you as you believe. More opportunities start to flow through you, you know? from feeling that you have something. If you just bought a small equity builder life insurance program, of which you can only put a little bit in there at a time, mm. it's paying you more than the banks. 6%. Yep. Okay. Then what? Mm. Equity builds. Then what? You can borrow that equity tax-free. Mm-hmm. Buy a house or mm. take a class that's going to better you. I mean, there's ways of, of working with the fact that you're not a millionaire. You know what I mean? But you have to be interested. Yes. And all these little things change your subconscious mind. Because you start to think, mm, I have money. It may not be a lot of money if you're comparing yourself to, you know, you can name many people out there. But don't compare yourself to anybody. Because that'll make you sad. Yes. I went to high school with so-and-so and they're rich and I'm not. No, that, that's going to make that. that don't, don't compare yourself. Mm-hmm. Just start where you are, change your subconscious mind, do little things that you can do to have money, 
So that your subconscious mind says, I have money, even if it's a little bit amount, then that having will produce opportunities. The, con the having consciousness in a field of abundance will produce, uh, will manifest more abundance and beautiful in the real world. Yes. You know, you mentioned don't compare yourself to others, especially around money. I think that's a really interesting point. I'm curious now, Elon Musk or Bezos or, mm -hmm. you know, Robert Smith or, you know, these guys who are billionaires. Is, do you perceive it as, is, is this someone's dharma, karma to, to, to achieve that? Or can anyone listening to this conversation practice some of these principles and activate the abundance? And can we all achieve that? Like, like how much can we influence our capacity to create money and abundance in life? Let's say someone listening to this and they're like, Michael, I'm 21 years old and I want to make a billion dollars because I really want to change the education system and feed Africa and do these things and need money to do that. And I want to use these principles to 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 open myself to creating. Or is it just somebody's destiny? Well, if you check out all the people we just mentioned, they use the principles that are taught in prosperity. They use mm -hmm. those principles. Mm -hmm. They had an idea. They had a vision. They were pulled by that vision. They didn't let anything stop themselves when it got tough and when it got hard. They articulated the vision, and then they uh, had a level of focus where they were not distracted by other things in the world. They weren't distracted by challenges. They weren't distracted by breaking, breaking up of relationships. They weren't distracted by whatever. They stayed focused and ultimately built whatever their empires were. Now, I, I, I don't know their karmic propensities. I don't know, you know, whether they're, you know, for instance, I know a person that <laughs> is he, he, he doesn't want to get rid of his greed because he says it's a good business strategy. Exactly <laughs> said that, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know if there's greed there or if there, which is ego or whether it's pure creativity. I don't, I don't know them. So I can't, mm. I can't speak. However, if you are building a business, this is what I teach, you know, there is success 1.0. Success 1.0 is I do everything I can do to get rich. Yes. Okay. Success 2.0 is I get rich and become a philanthropist. Mm. Success 3.0 is built into my business model is my give back. Mm. But as I'm building my business, I'm giving back based on what's coming in now. And then both increase, my bottom line increases and my giving increases. Why is that important? Because often when a person grows and starts to make a lot of money, they're afraid to write a big check because they haven't, they don't have the habit. Yeah. They'll write, they'll be sitting on millions and they'll write a check for 25,000, 50,000. They think that's, they think that's something, but it hasn't even touched the interest that they're making on their money. But because they haven't developed the muscle of giving regularly, their business hasn't been curated to actually being beneficial to mm. anyone other than themselves. Got it. You understand? Yes. So yes. if somebody is sitting here listening to today and saying, I, I want a lot of money, your why has to be important. Yes. Why do you want a lot of money? It has to be real. It can't be fake. It can't be like, oh, I want to grow the rainforest and you don't, you're not going to plant one tree. You know what I'm saying? It has to be real. What is your real motivation? Mm. And then as you're growing, you build into the business model. So if you want to say rainforest, you build into the model. Oh, maybe you have enough right now to buy one tree. You can't do a whole forest, mm. but then maybe two years from now, you're buying 10, mm. three years from now, you're buying 50. Oh, you're planting a thousand trees. Yeah, yeah. But you start off with just planting one tree. Mm. But what happens is this: this is this is the mysticism and the shamanic understanding of the times we're living in. The vibration of the planet is higher than it's ever been. The Earth is more conscious than she's ever been. So things that are life-giving are being supported by the energy. Things that are not life-giving will not be able to stand the higher frequencies that we're now living in now. So if you're building anything, 
you can't just build uh you can't just become a you don't want to be a millionaire just to have a bunch of money to to be in the world of materialism that's not sustainable yeah. you'll you'll end up being unhappy having compulsive behaviors doing stuff to make you happy from the external world which will cause an addiction no come in alignment with the frequency of the most high and be of service and let the God times roll. Be rich. Mm. Be rich for a purpose. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. Integrating the giving into the business model yes. as, as success 3.0. I think that that's... Most people don't... Maybe we don't realize that that a part of Agape's budget, we support local and global efforts of things oh, wow. we don't do regularly. We, You know, women who have been uh, taken in sexual slavery who, who need to you know, get back to school, you know, we support mm-hmm. that organization. We support a lot of organizations as a part of our budget, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of churches don't do that. I mean, they may have different programs, but it's just a part of our thing that we do. Mm-hmm. So when a person uh, gives to Agape, they're also giving to other organizations. Yeah, that's, be- that's circulation. Things circulating, are circulating. circulating, yeah. I'd love to just a few, a couple more questions. Um, I want you to just touch on, you know, building abundance, prosperity, money in the world, uh, a business, uh, bringing uh, uh, an idea into fruition, you you can't do it by yourself. You need people. You need a team. Team, baby. Team. Team. And so over the years, building Agape, I would love to to, to kind of get your, your download on leadership and what what you have learned about building a team maybe any mistakes you've made things you've learned kind of a, a crash course in okay <laughs> here's what I knew about building a team how how to how to inspire my team how to keep them motivated how to choose the right people you know you know it was um I mean it's it's, it's not linear you know it's like I said it's a dynamic of learning mm-hmm. and so in, in the beginning I, I built a vision group. Uh-huh. And and it's much like, you know, it was a vision group that didn't necessarily have skills mm. that I would have now on my board, as an example. And the idea was I needed a group of people that would actually become the living frequency of the idea. So we met every Thursday for a long time. I led them through the vision process so that we actually became the frequency of unconditional love, became the frequency of service. So we didn't do business plans, strategy, none of that. We wanted to actually become the energy of agape. Mm. Then when I felt we were ready, we then you know found a place to meet, did all of the on the ground stuff you have to do. So when those, when those people, those, those were my first Board of Trustees, they were my first youth teachers, my first ushers. They all came out of this vision. So that means when you walked into Agape, you were walking into a field. Mm. You see? And then they were assigned to train the people around them. So when it was their time to navigate into other areas of service or to leave, then the people behind them would then be in the vision of that particular ministry. Every ministry had a vision group so that every every individual would come and be fired up by that vision. So that the leadership grew out of being pulled and being able to articulate a vision. That still happens today. Mm. And the difference is now, you know, we'll, we'll, like I'll sit in the board meeting and we'll talk about, you know, we want to bring, we want to pull somebody on a board that has a financial acumen, sure. you know, but it's also in the teaching. It's also, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we have, we want, we want somebody that knows marketing, maybe we want somebody, you know, so we may look for skill levels now, but they still have to come in an ego list desire to serve. Yeah. So if people come up to me and say, I want to be on your board, they probably won't be on my board. you know what i mean because i i don't know what the motivation is because the board they've they've trained themselves not to look at themselves as important or above anybody Mm. and that you know the board isn't more important than anybody else everybody has an area of service and everyone is just as important as everyone else you see the cameramen you know the, the singers the ushers i mean everybody's important you know everybody has a different level of responsibility so 
Um, I think one of the leadership books that really spoke to me, I'm trying to think of the name, but in that particular book, they actually you started using the word visioning in the book. Mm. And, uh, and, it, and it, came at, it came out after I had um, yeah, started using that term a lot, life visioning. And it spoke about the different aspect of um, team building or of leadership. And the main thing being vision, being able to articulate the vision, uh, being able to vibrate with the vision, and then having the um, proper people in the proper place. And that, that's, that's a moving target because sometimes you think the right person is there, they're well-meaning. It's not really their spot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They really actually belong somewhere else. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a dynamic. It's not, it doesn't ever, it's not ever finished. It's like, um, <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to give away the end of this movie, but did, did you see the movie Barbie? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. Well, don't sleep on it. <laughs> don't sleep on it. It's a good movie. Wow. Okay. I, I would have never gone to see it except that I have three or four people that I really respect. Wow. Tell me about, I said, Barbie? I'm not going to go to the movies to see Barbie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I went to see it. It was totally um, about the patriarchy and the bringing down of the patriarchy. And 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 it had so many different layers of themes in this movie. It was an adult movie. Wow. Kids could go see it, but they may not get. Mm -hmm. Anyway, my point being is a point at, in the movie in which Barbie is becoming more human. Mm -hmm. And she's talking to, uh, I guess, her creator. And every, everything has been put back into place properly. And she said, but I don't, I don't feel like I'm, she says something, Barbie says something like, I don't feel like I'm in my right place. Like I'm done. I feel like I'm done. I'm complete. You know, they say, that's true. You're here to evolve. You're never going to be complete. Mm. You know? And so I think that it's, a, it's about like a dynamic community. Mm -hmm. It's always evolving. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we're on it. Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's a glitch in the matrix you know what i mean mm -hmm. somebody's in their wrong place mm -hmm. you know uh people have to leave you know we had two great um yeah. community that moved they had to move you know mm -hmm. so now there's new people coming into these leadership spots and we're we're, we're 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 watching to see if they can grow into the same capacity of mm -hmm. egoless leadership you know so it's it's a constant evolution yeah yeah, but, but, yeah. And, and, and so it's not it's not one and done yeah it's not static it's not yeah. a formula either so I can, I, can, I can look back and I can see how we navigated through different challenges mm. you know? and every challenge made us grow in a particular another area mm. you know and and then we became better for it and we mm -hmm. thanked the challenge you know mm. yeah. yeah and the blessing came gift wrapped it came uh, gift wrapping work clothes, as they say. A <laughs> <laughs> final question I want to ask. We've been talking about abundance, but this is not really connected. But now I'm thinking maybe it's connected. Um, one, one of the areas I feel so abundant these days, Michael, is, is I had, a, I, I had, a, I had a, a son. And he's about uh, 16 weeks old. And I look, Ooh, at 16 it, weeks. I, 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 I look at his face, man, and it's just my heart just explodes. The abundance I feel just looking at this kid's face it's like yeah. wow you know yeah, love man so abundant everything just falls away it's just the mind stops just abundance you know and so i'm curious you know you you have children you had two kids when you said you were struggling and you were building agape even pre-agape i would love to know also for those listening personally also i would love to know what you've learned about being a parent what you've learned about being a father and any advice you can give us about raising kids in a spiritual context, raising kids also in a to have a mindset of abundance, you know, yeah. a combination of those things. What's your best about being a parent and a father? There's so much in there. One, I like you said, like the way you say you're raising a kids, raising kids. You're raising kids. You're not raising adults. Yes, you're not superimposing adults onto a kid you're allowing whatever age the kid is you're allowing them to be that age yes you're not like projecting them into harvard mm. you know what i mean when they're six yep you know they have to make they have you know, but you give them the um the love and to the best of your ability the security 
and all of that to be able to make high choices. So that if you want to raise them in a field of abundance, which I did probably more better with my second child than with my first child, mm. you know, because I was still growing. My first child was very young. And um, you don't want to say things to them like money doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, you don't want to speak lack into their consciousness. Mm. You want to speak that we live in a field of opportunities and things are working together for your good. Go forth and discover it, you see. Um, another thing for parents, um, they must not worry about their children. Hmm. They can be concerned and they can love, but worry is a frequency, particularly where the mother is concerned, dad yes. too. Yep. But if you worry, you're setting your kids up for some kind of calamity because of the psychic connection that you have with them. Can you just discern worry versus concern? A bit? Yes. Is a, concern is you, you love them. You, you want to make sure they're safe. We're going to make sure they're eating properly, you know, but you're not worried about them. Worrying is um, emotionally rehearsing what you don't want to happen. Right. That's right. what worry is. So if you're sitting around fretting about them, I live in this, this really crazy world. I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want this to happen to them. You know, so now you're emotionally rehearsing the things that you don't want to happen to your kid. Mm. You want to love your child just fall so deeply in love that I, I teach people sometimes, particularly if they, when they become teens and they start sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. become challenging because they're individuating. Yeah. It's a part of the evolutionary process. They have to individuate to become themselves. Just have some pictures. You can, you'll start to, obviously you're probably taking pictures of your kid now, but you have some pictures begin to curate of which, in which they're happy. Mm. They're, 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 they're having a great time. And that becomes imprinted on your awareness. So whenever you think about your child, mm -hmm. you have that image in your awareness. So that anytime there's a challenge going on, you go back to that picture, you feel mm -hmm. the moments in which they were in joy, they were safe, they were healthy, they were happy. Then that becomes the feeling that you psychically project right. when you think about them, when you right. pray about them, even when you talk to them. Mm -hmm. That's what you're talking to, the real self. Not the one that may have gotten hurt in circumstances or situations and they develop a personality in order to uh, cope with the circumstance. Yep. You you're talking to the real ch inner child, talking to the mm. real child. You've seen him. You see him now, you know, and that becomes imprinted on your soul. And then you affect the child, not through worry, but through love. Yeah. Beautiful. I think, you know, as I hear you, then I'm, I'm also kind of seeing that as you're seeing that in them, it's like when they see you seeing that, it's like a mirror. Yeah. That that, that brings it out even more. Absolutely. And it's beautiful. I mean, you think about it like this. When the Dalai Lama was born, mm. every day they told this little baby <laughs> was the reincarnation of this great Lama, comes from this strong lineage of awakened monks. And he's the next personification of this brilliant lineage bringing forth wisdom, transformational knowledge, peace, creativity, etc. How did he turn out? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if you talk to your child every day, God, you're brilliant. You've mm. come from a lineage that goes all the way back to God. Mm you've emerged from the eternal with the fullness of life and of brilliance. There's nothing that you're lacking. You are totally loved and supported. Oh my God, the greatness that's oozing through you. Mm. You know, they hear this every day. <laughs> you know, and and you, you love them enough so the ego isn't snatching it. You're not yes, saying yes. They're, they're different from other kids. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they grow into something else. You, they yeah. see you looking at them that way. They look into the mirror of your soul and they're seeing what you're seeing and they start to feel it. You know, and then out of nothing, opportunities show up. It's, it becomes a part of their law. Everybody has a personal law. Mm. So you, you're starting to, to curate their personal law of abundance, mm. personal law of health, personal law of prosperity and success. It's vibrational. It's vibrational. That's why you take a kid, you find out what they do well. Mm. 
they can become a genius at it, and then they can branch out into other areas because they have a foundation of feeling like a genius in some area. It can be music, it can be sports, it can be reading, whatever. But in one area where you know they're really good at that, ooh, it looks like it looks like he can do that really well. Okay, let them rise in that, but then it will transfer to other areas of life. Beautiful. I think you should. We we should have you write a book, Michael. Abundance parenting. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take that on. <laughs> you may want to think about that. I'm feeling something. Abundance parenting. You know yeah. how you can how you can help your your kids grow in the soil of abundance. Listen, this has been. Uh, I have loved this conversation. Every time we speak, I'm enriched. My life is enriched. I know that uh, everyone listening in is blessed by who you are and your energy and the impact in their lives from today. Um, you're a blessing, really. You're a big blessing. I tell you that every time I meet you, and I will tell you that every time I see you, you're a blessing in my life. You've been a blessing uh, for so many, and I'm just sending you so much love and more blessings to reach so many more and fulfill the highest possibility of what life wants to express through you, Michael. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, my, you're my big bro, and it's a, it's a blessing. I really appreciate all the support you've given me over the years and the welcome and 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 the blessings from your end. What, what's the best way people can connect with you, Agape, websites? A uh, couple of ways, obviously, if they want to go directly to the Agape community and watch the services on Sunday or take a class or anything like that, they can go to agapelive.com, A-G-A-P-E-L-I-V-E.com. It takes them right to the community. If they give their email to that, then they'll get a monthly letter that just says what's going on in the community that month or that week. Um, they can go to michaelbeckwith.com. My personal website is being uh, rebuilt, but it's still up right now. But don't judge it. <laughs> it's in, you know, re- it's, in it's in process. Uh, obviously, I have a, I have a big uh, presence on um, Instagram. It might be Michael yes. Beckwith. So I put out, I put up something pretty much every day there. Some some moment of inspiration or teaching happens every day uh, there, and of course. Everyone should go to my podcast as well. Go to go to this soulful soul talk podcast, but go to a take back your mind. That's the name of my podcast. Take back your mind. It drops every Wednesday, and um, I you know have very beautiful people that I have a conversation with, such as we're having today. Mm. And um, so those would be the places where they can find me. Beautiful. And, and, and the Facebook page is there too. The Instagram and Facebook are kind of connected, so. Beautiful. Folks, we're going to put all of the Michael's links in the show notes at GarpeLive.com, MichaelBeckwith.com, Take Back Your Mind podcast. You know, I have my own Superfoods Greens. Amazing. And so in my own... uh, You know, I love my supplements. Yeah, D3K2. Now, if you go to... People go to Nutrarise.com. Okay. And they look under Adaptazin. Adaptazin is my line. You can, get, you can get the superfood greens, which has 47 different plant-based ingredients, adaptogens, probiotics, prebiotics, digestive enzymes, all in one scoop. The teenagers wow. love this because it tastes wow. so good. No sugar. Wow. Um, it's organic. Um, it's very powerful. And then the D3K2, you got to have vitamin D and you got to have K2. Beautiful. So that's another way. Just go to Neutralize and get the bundle. Awesome. And, uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Beautiful. It explains the glow you have. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's interesting? I came here. I had to stop by the dentist before I got here, and I got immediate surgery. Oh, my gosh. You know, so I said, I'm definitely going to do this podcast. (laughs) I came here, and um, the anesthesia was wearing off, and um, I just said, you know what? I'm going to put my attention. I'm not going to call it pain. Mm. I'm just going to call it a sensation. Mm. It's a sensation. I'm not going to label it. I'm just going to be with the sensation and watch the sensation. During the time we've been talking, I haven't felt anything other yeah. than pure joy and bliss. <laughs> well, Michael, big hugs to you. Um, everyone, I'm glad I'm still glowing. That's all I'm saying. I'm, you're I'm still glowing. glowing. You're still okay. glowing. Uh, everybody connect with Michael's work. All of the links are in the show notes. Uh, send me an email, kublaxon at kublaxon.com. I'd love to hear your key takeaways from today's episode. Share this episode with everyone and anyone in your life you feel would be inspired. Until next week, love now.
If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at cooplaxon.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.